Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to Blitzcast number 113, another show, another week. Uh, We've got a couple of interviews coming up later on in the show, but we want to start the show with the Cowboys, Ed. Um, talking about Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, is going to make over $30 million this season if he just plays out that franchise tag. But apparently, he wants more money. Ed, let's talk about it. Would you give Dak Prescott the money that he's asking for? And uh, do, do you think he's up there with, with the top quarterbacks in this league? You know, I, I, I'm impressed with the season that Dak Prescott had last year. And, you know, he's been good the last couple of years. Um, you know, I, I, I really like what I see out of him. I think they got a great offense. Um, I, I actually think if there's if there's anything that's been a little bit weaker uh, from the Cowboys, it's their offensive line. I, I think, in you know, at the center position, I mean, it's not what it's been over the past years. And so uh, that that's, that's really a place where this team – this team is more weaker on the offense, but I mean, they added CD lamb in the first round. I mean, and they, they picked in the mid first round and they were able to add basically a number two receiver right away. And now they have Michael Gallup, you know, in the mix. And then they have CD lamb and obviously Amari Cooper is their number one. So this is, this is a dynamic offense. And I, I mean, if, if, if you're Dak Prescott, this is a great situation to be in. I mean, you know, you, I, I, I would want to stay with the Cowboys. I mean, you, you get an extra fame being the Cowboys quarterback. You know, you're, I, I think he's still going to be among the highest paid quarterbacks unless he gets hurt. So yeah, I, I don't understand why he hasn't signed the contract yet. I know he wants 45 million. I think they're ta- they've given him more 40 million. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the rift. 45 million is a crazy number. I mean, it really is. It's it's insane. I realize that the the salary cap is going up every year. Uh, quarterbacks are making money every year when they sign that new deal. Every quarterback becomes the the highest paid quarterback in in league's history. But I'm not look. Dak had a great season, but I'm not sure he's worth that money. But I think the Cowboys have they cannot get rid of him at this point. I mean, he has become a good quarterback. He has become the the general out there. There's no way the Cowboys start at, at ground zero again. So I think they're going to budge, right, Ed? I mean, they're it's basically like a, like a hostage situation out there. I mean, Jerry, Jerry seems to really like to pay his offensive players. I mean, he paid Elliott. Um, you know, he paid Amari Cooper. So I, I think, I think it's really, it's, it's really about, uh, keeping, keeping, uh, you know, keeping that offensive tech. I mean, or I, I shouldn't say he he paid them, but he, you know, he's he's planning to pay, uh, you know, all his offensive st- stars. So, I mean, I I think he likes the group that he has, and yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna do what he can to to keep Dak Prescott. But you know what? I, I think if you're Dak Prescott, I think you know players like to bet on themselves. But I mean, you know, if Dak Prescott gets hurt this year, I mean, you just walked away from $40 million a year over five years. I mean, you can't ask for a better contract. I mean, you know, you talk about historical quarterbacks who would have loved to have had that contract. I mean, Peyton Manning would have loved to have that contract. You know, I, I understand you get you get what you try to get as a quarterback. And I mean, you know, he's obviously, you know, the, the downside of not having a franchise quarterback is too big for a team to pass up. 
you know, my biggest worry, you mentioned that your biggest worry is that offensive line kind of declining a little bit. Maybe like Tyron Smith on the left side is not the same player that he used to be. My concern is with Zeke. I just felt like after he got that contract, he didn't look like the same player. You you pay the running back. I just hope the Cowboys don't get in the same situation like what the Rams got into with, with Todd Gurley because Zeke has has carried the ball a lot since he's been a Cowboy. I mean, they've, they've ridden that. He's been that workhorse, and I just think they need to tone it down a little bit. I just I don't see the same player that I saw a couple of years back. I just think it might be the same situation like Todd Gurley and the Rams. I mean, the, the Cowboys do have Zach Martin, but other than that, I mean, really, this is this is more of a passing offense now. Now that you add CeeDee Lamb, you see how Dak's been doing. Uh, this is this is this is much more this is much more of a passing offense than anything. And they brought in the right guy, to be honest with you. He was kind of the scapegoat with the Packers, but Mike McCarthy, the new head coach, is a definite upgrade over Jason Garrett. I mean, his overall regular season record: 125 wins, 77 losses, two ties. He's a guy that that led the Packers to the playoffs. He's been to the NFC Championship game four times since 2006. So I, I realize that people like to say, oh, Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers. He should have won more than just one Super Bowl. And obviously there was, there was a rift between the two. But I think Mike McCarthy is going to bring that positive influence to Dak Prescott and that overall offense. What do you think about it? I mean, Mike McCarthy did a great job with the Packers, and I mean, he did a great job with Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, if he can, if if he can take the wisdom of Aaron Rodgers and you know the wisdom that he bestowed on Aaron Rodgers and bring that to Dak Prescott, I mean, that can only help Dak Prescott. I mean, really, I mean, Dak Prescott has has so much going for him in Dallas. I mean, I just can't see him going wanting to go anywhere else. I mean, I mean, is is there is there a is there a bigger name job in, in, in sports, really, than being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback? I mean, really, like, what other – I mean, what what is a bigger role in sports than being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback? Yeah, I agree with you. It's the America's team. But this America's team hasn't been to the NFC Championship game in a while. I mean, Jason Garrett was Mr. Mediocre. And I think Jerry Jones just gave him a lot of leeway out there. They – they had to cut loose, and they finally did. And they they brought in a winning, a winning coach from the Green Bay Packers, who's who's been to the promised land. I mean, he he held the Lombardi Trophy. So, but I'm actually excited about the defense. I, I feel like they they brought in a really good defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan. He's been a head coach in this league with the Niners, but he's been a really good defensive coordinator with the Ravens. He was a linebackers coach. He has that hybrid look. He can run either a 4-3 or a 3-4 defense. He's got Jalen Smith. He's got Leighton Vanderesh. So even though they lost Byron Jones in the secondary, I just think their strength is going to be up front, especially in that linebacking core. So I'm excited that this defense is going to be better. They've got Demarcus Lawrence, who can get after the quarterback. And I just, they have the weapons. And that's why I keep saying, Ed, when I look at the NFC East, the, the Giants are still a couple of years away because they got a new head coach. Ron Rivera and the Redskins are rebuilding. The Eagles, I mean, they've, they've got question marks in, in some, some places out there. And I just think this is the Cowboys' division to win 
this is the team that should be considered the the favorites in, in the NFC East. I, I kind of see it a little differently in the NFC East. I, I think the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys are, are are up there and I think they're close, but I think the Eagles are the team of the NFC East right now. I mean, I, I just think, I just think Carson Wentz is, you know, a very good quarterback. I mean, before all these freak injuries, I mean, he was, you know, he was, he was on top of the league. I mean, this was a Super Bowl team a couple of years ago. Uh, granted, they've, They've declined in some areas. I really like what you know their interior defensive line. Um, this is a team you know that that can win at the line of scrimmage. I like some of their linemen too. I think I think you know there's some there's some there's some firepower up front with the Eagles. Um, so I, I think I, I think this Eagles team I think this Eagles team is is probably the favorites in the NFC East. But I will say I don't think I don't think the Cowboys are far behind. Well, the Cowboys, in my opinion, fell apart last year. The Eagles showed more heart. Uh, they showed that they wanted it more. And just the Eagles took it from them at the end. And the Cowboys just, I felt like, gave a few games away. And that's an indictment on, you know, their former head coach, Jason Garrett, because I feel like that, that coaching staff underachieved. And there's so many great players out there, and they just they needed to get better. They they should have done better, and they didn't. Um, so in my opinion, that the Cowboys are the favorites in this division. And I just think they have a a really favorable schedule, especially in the beginning. They can get off to a really good start and just never let go. And and this is a team that could win 11 or 12 games, and I think they will run away with this division. Let's talk about the AFC East. The Patriots have have been the team to beat uh, for the past couple of decades with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. We all know Brady has moved on to the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Patriots still have a very good defense. We know that Bill Belichick knows defense. He's going to rebuild. And don't forget, I mean, the Patriots' defense was awesome last year. Uh, they really ruled the day when, when the offense struggled. But it seems like there's a new team in town that might be the, the favorites to take the AFC East division. And in my opinion, it's the Buffalo Bills. What do you think about that statement? I, I, I almost think the Buffalo Bills are the best team by default. I mean, yes, they they, they flashed in, in in the playoffs, but I mean they're they're the only average team in, in that division. I mean, you look at you look at the Dolphins, I mean they're they're a team who's rebuilding. I really like the draft they had. I think they've added a lot of pieces. I think they're gonna be a good team and a force in the AFC East in the future. But I but they're not they're not there yet. They're not there yet. And you look at you look at New England, and they're going to be starting Jared Stidham. And you know what, Belichick has had a lot of magic over the years, but Jared Stidham. I mean, just right now, I just knowing what I know about Jared Stidham and watching him in college, and knowing that he was yes a great high school quarterback. I just I I don't I don't know if he is if he's the man for the job. And so you know the Patriots the Patriots I don't know are going to be as good, and I think a lot of other Patriots fans agree with me. And then and then you you got you know, the last is the Jets and the Jets haven't been good for years. And, you know, maybe Darnold turns it around, you know, they added some pieces for him, but you know, is that offense ready to take off? I mean, Le'Veon Bell, they spent all that money on Le'Veon Bell, but I mean, has he, has he been as good as he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, he hasn't. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he sat out and had a lot of carries and the, the Jets offensive line is just, they're not very good. I mean, they've tried to do their best, this offseason to rebuild it, but um, they're not there yet 
to be honest with you. I just I don't see it that they have the weapons for Sam Darnold to get it done. And plus, I mean, you look at their defense, still a work in progress. Greg Williams tries to make the most of it, the best of it. He puts those guys in the best position to succeed. But I just, there, there are no star players out there. There's there are no Von Millers out there. And the one star player that you have, that the Jets do have, Jamal Adams, is really unhappy. He wants to get out of there. I mean, that's there have been rumblings for the past year that he was going to get traded to the Cowboys. I'm sure Jamal Adams is going to move on sooner than later. And if the Jets get off to a bad start, obviously they're going to dangle him around the trade deadline like like the Miami Dolphins did with Minka Fitzpatrick when they traded him to the Steelers. Look, with the Bills, Ed, it all starts with the defense. That defense has been absolutely incredible the past couple of years. This past season, the Buffalo's D, they were ranked third in the NFL. They were 10th against the run, fourth against the pass, second in points allowed. They had like top 10 rankings in almost every category. And Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have been doing an excellent job just carrying that team because that offense has struggled and that defense got them into the playoffs. I mean, they were 10-6 and six last year. That, that's probably been the most incredible thing. They've got Tredavious White, who's probably the best corner outside of Stephon Gilmore, and they let go of Jordan Phillips. They believe Ed Oliver is ready to emerge and become that star on that defensive line in his second year. So... Uh, the Buffalo Bills defense is still going to reign supreme there. I have no doubt the Buffalo Bills defense are, is really what's going to carry them to this division win. I, I guess it's just it's it's just a matter of you know Josh Allen is you know can Josh Allen play just well enough to to keep them in games and I think I think that's that's really how they went that's the ticket to them winning this division. I you know, with a guy like Josh Allen, it was very polarizing. It was either going to be he was going to be the superstar with the biggest arm, and you know he was going to have the highest upside, or he was going to be terrible. He was going to be, you know, awful, and you know he 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 was you know he was wildly inaccurate. He was inaccurate in high school, so it it, it really it really it really seemed like you know he was he was a boomer bust and. What ended up happening is I think he he just ended up being a very he's just a very average quarterback. I mean he he brings the run you know so he can do that. I mean he he can he can throw the deep ball, but yeah I mean he he isn't the most accurate quarterback and so um, that's that's really what's keeping him from being top a top fifteen quarterback in this league. Well, let's talk about Josh Allen a little bit. You and I critique them. We we bash them. And during that draft, we just we didn't feel like he was a top 10 quarterback. There was a lot of rumors flying around that maybe he was considered to be the number one overall pick. Well, the Bills went all in, Ed. They traded up to, to get Josh Allen. They obviously believed in the big, strong-armed quarterback who has that dual-threat ability. When you look at his numbers during that second year, his numbers improved from an accuracy standpoint. And I thought that in the second half of last year, he got better with turnovers. And, and here's the stat for you. Uh, he started the year with seven interceptions over the first four games of the year. However, in the final 12 games of the season, he only had two. But the one thing that he's got to cut down on is those fumbles. This past season, he had 14 fumbles 
uh, with five of them coming in the first four games and then nine over the last 12 games. I, I realize that, you know, the Bills didn't lose all those fumbles, but he's got to take care of the football. And he's got to become a better deep ball thrower. I mean, that's the one thing that he struggled with in college and he continues to struggle with at the NFL level. The Bills obviously believe in him. They, they traded for Stephon Diggs. They gave up a first-round pick. And you know Diggs is a really, a really good receiver. And they have John Brown. And they've surrounded him with some weapons. They have Singletary, um, you know, a really good pass-catching running back coming out of the backfield. So this is, this is it. This is when we find out whether Josh Allen can improve again like he did from year one to year two. But I think... I don't think he has that high of a ceiling. I just think his coaches uh, really overestimate him and pump him up. He's still not an accurate quarterback. He still struggles when when the team needs him the most. But, you know, I, I will say, though, that Josh, Josh Allen, I mean, he, he can... He can get on a streak. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, I can see this guy flash. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm not, I, I think consistency is an issue with this guy. But I mean, I, I, I can really see it from him, you know, where he can he can really play well. And I, I mean, he can play well. In, and you saw it in that playoff game where, you know what, he can play well in big games and against good competition. So, I mean, I, th- I think I think we're really what you have in, 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 in Josh Allen is an average quarterback in the aggregate. But in the overall, it's you know just an inconsistent quarterback who who can be good. That that's an interesting assessment. So he's an inconsistent quarterback that you still believe has the upside. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying I'm saying like I'm saying like his inconsistency makes him a very average quarterback. You know, he's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde. You know, sometimes he's real good. You know, he he can take over games. Um, or maybe not take over games, but he can he can really be in control of games. And then other times, I think I think he's really a, a, you know just not a very good quarterback. And so you know in the just kind of what, b- between that two, you know what you have in Josh Allen is you have a, a quarterback that may help you or may not. But I mean really really what's what's gonna win the the AFC East for the Bills is their defense ultimately. Maybe that's true, Ed, but it's not going to make you go very far into the playoffs. And in order for you to win the Super Bowl, the ultimate prize, and in order to become a consistent playoff winner, you need to have a quarterback. And we we all see this every year. Whichever team has the best quarterback or the the teams that, that make it to the NFC, AFC championship games and ultimately win the Super Bowl. And that's the ultimate prize for the Buffalo Bills. Having a good defense, a really good defense, and I'm sure those guys are looking at Josh Allen and they're like, oh no. I mean, here he goes again. Because the best game that I saw Josh Allen play last year was on national TV. It was against the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving. And he had a great game. He had a coming out party. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to sustain it. And again, it's just flashes. In this league, you have to be a consistent quarterback from game in and game out, from one play to the next. And, and that's not what he gives you. And I'm sure that, you know, this year he'll have a few frustrated teammates out there. And, you know, if, if Diggs was unhappy uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, you know, they weren't getting him the ball, they weren't featuring him, how is he going to feel with Josh Allen here? He was brought in here to be the number one guy. Can Josh Allen give him the ball? That, that's probably going to be the question mark. And I don't think that Josh Allen is the long-term answer for the Buffalo Bills 
moving forward. And obviously, they're all in. But I think they're going to find out in a year or two that they're going to cut bait. I think Josh Allen is is going to be looking for, for for a starting gig somewhere else. And I just I'm not buying into this. That that's all I'm saying. Ed. I I I, th- I think the Bills the Bills will will roll with Josh Allen for for a little while. I I I know they're very different quarterbacks, but I kind of see the career trajectory of Josh Allen kind of being like James Winston, where he'll be he'll be the quarterback well who plays well enough for enough years, and then I think he you know when he gets kind of into his thirties, I think they're going to kind of say, you know, it's time to move on to a new quarterback, you know, when they get the option. So, um, you know, he's he's not a guy who's going to play into his 40s or, you know, be a starter into his 40s. He might be a backup into his 40s, but that's kind of where I see his career trajectory. So that's going to be like in a couple of years because Winston, they, they cut bait with Winston before he turned 30. I mean, he, he played five years with the Bucks, and and that's it. And I mean, they, they definitely realized that he wasn't the quarterback that was going to take him to, to the playoffs or win the Super Bowl with. And yeah, I just, I don't see it with Josh Allen out here. I just think the, the Bills are, again, overestimating his talent a little bit and um, this isn't the guy that's going to take you to the promised land. And that's really unfortunate because that defense is, is incredibly strong and awesome, outstanding. And it's just going to waste right now. We would like to welcome uh, Reese Udinsky, uh, the starting quarterback for VMI. Reese, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, so obviously we've all been dealing with uh, COVID-19 how have you been uh, staying in shape, Reese, during this time? Tell us about your uh, workout regimen. So I've been lifting at my house and working out at my house to stay in shape, um, as well as meeting with my coaches, my offensive coordinator, through Zoom to watch film and review the offense. And then I've also been throwing um, with some friends from high school that are current college football players. I want to get a, a background on you. When did you start playing quarterback? How did that come about? So I started playing quarterback when I was around 10 years old. Uh, my oldest brother was a college quarterback, and just watching him play uh, kind of motivated me to be like him. And growing up, I, I just wanted to play uh, like he did and become a college quarterback myself. Where did your brother play college ball? Where was he at? He played at Juniata College. It's a Division three school in Western Pennsylvania. Okay, so growing up, I mean, you kind of admired your, your older brother from afar. Yes. Uh, who showed interest in you uh, coming out of high school? Give us your, your backstory and um, just tell us who were some of the schools that were interested in you. So I was a bit of a late bloomer in high school, and uh, my recruiting process was not very active, but... I ended up with only two scholarship offers, one from St. Francis University in Western PA and VMI. And uh, those and VMI, to me, was just the one school that showed the most interest in me, and they believed in me. Um, so, you know, that's just where I decided to go. What made you want to play at VMI? Um, I think it was the combination of football and uh, academics. It's a great academic school. And um, I just thought the coaches believed in me more than anybody else in the country. And I, I just felt like I wanted to play for them. Tell us about the challenges of playing at a military school and being their starting QB, you know, just as far as like time management and so forth. I mean, that's a lot of responsibility. Right. Yeah, it's very challenging. Um, 
I think as players, we go through something that nobody else in the country goes through, um, dealing with multiple things outside of football. For me, it just makes me have to work even harder, and it makes my teammates have to work even harder um, because we're, we're shorted on time. And uh, it definitely is a challenging aspect, but uh, just something that we've all had to deal with. And uh, like I said, it makes us go even harder. Do you plan to serve in the military after college? I do not. So VMI gives you the decision to whether or not you want to serve, and I'm choosing not to. Uh, what are your strengths on the football field, Reese? Uh, what are your biggest attributes? What do you bring to the field? I would say uh, anticipation. Um, I think playing with anticipation is very important for quarterbacks just because you can get the ball out quickly um, as well as uh, you know where the receiver is going so you can anticipate windows and uh, anticipate throws, and I think that's my big strength. How about areas of your game that you're trying to improve upon in order to become a better player this year? Mm -hmm. I think mobility uh, is something that I have been trying to work on. Um, last year in the 2019 season, I was battling through an ankle injury the entire year, and it just kind of slowed me down from uh, moving around. But I'm back to full health, and I think that this year I just want to work on moving around and extending plays because I think that's a key part in playing quarterback. You're going into a third year as a starting QB. Uh, what What is the biggest lesson that you have taken away from having all of those under your starts under your belt? Uh, the biggest lesson, I think, has just been to protect the football. Throughout the first two years, I think just learning from the mistakes um, and then going into my third year, uh, I started out the first eight games not throwing an interception, and I think that was just a testament to learning from my mistakes from previous years and understanding uh, what lessons I had to learn, and I think that's just helped me a lot. Where is uh, the biggest area that you've made improvements in from looking back at you when you first got the call as a starting quarterback uh, during your sophomore year and going into your senior year now? Um, I think it would be, like I said, uh, decision-making, knowing when to force throws and knowing when to just throw it away, um, as well as just the, my overall knowledge of the game, uh, understanding defenses, uh, where they're going to line up, uh, what play attacks the defense the best, and uh, just knowing the overall concepts of the offense. What's been the highlight of your career so far? Maybe it's a game, play, or a season. What stands out to you during your time at VMI? Um, last year, we played the Citadel at the Citadel, and um, we hadn't beaten them in 17 years. And for some for some people that don't know, that's a, considered our arch rival. And uh, just being on the losing end for the past 17 years, I know a lot of people at VMI wanted that to end. And uh, we ended up winning that game. And uh, they were a great team last year. So being able to beat them was a huge accomplishment for me and for the team. You're the first QB in VMI history to throw for over 3,000 yards. What is it like to rewrite the season passing record at, at uh, VMI? I think it's really cool. Um, you know, I think it's just a testament to a lot of hard work that I put in and all of my teammates put in. You know, I couldn't do it myself. Obviously, my receivers and my offensive line put in a lot of work. So it's just cool to see um, all that hard work kind of pay off. And, uh, you know, it's definitely something I'll remember for a while. Tell us about the Western Carolina game where you set the school record for passing yards in a single game. Yeah, it was a crazy game. 
Um, both offenses were going back and forth, and uh, our offense was just clicking on all cylinders. And that was really the first game that our offense kind of exploded, and uh, we ended up putting up 50 points. Um, sadly, Western Carolina ended up winning 52 to 50. But you know, it was really just the learning point for our offense and understanding the potential we had. And for me, knowing that, you know, that I can do this. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of the first game that gave our, our offense and myself a lot of confidence. Reese, obviously VMI has been getting better. And you've seen the progress in the win and loss column uh, during the last couple of years. Every year you've, you've improved and you've shown that you can win some games. What are your individual and team goals for this upcoming senior season? Yeah, so... Uh, my individual goal is the same as my team goal, actually. But uh, I would say that, and that's just to win the Southern Conference Championship. Uh, last year, we finished fourth in the conference. And, um, you know, we were happy with the year, but we also were not satisfied at all with uh, how it ended. And, you know, we feel that we can compete in every game this year. And we're, uh, we want to fight for a Southern Conference Championship. Can you give us a couple of players at VMI that we should also be uh, keeping an eye on besides you? Uh, give us a couple of more guys that are should be on our radar for the senior year. AJ Smith is a safety, and he's a rising senior who has, has been the captain of our defense the past three years. Um, he's a great player. Uh, offensive lineman Brad Davis is also a rising senior, and uh, he's been anchoring the offensive line the past three years. And he's a very knowledgeable player. And then receiver Jacob Harris is a rising junior, but uh, he had over a thousand yards last year, and he's he's been my go-to guy. What's the key to playing quarterback? Um, I think it's decision making. Um, I, and I say that because uh, once you get the snap, you have uh, usually about three seconds to make a, a quick decision, and uh, that, that's usually a very important decision. And you just have to be quick, uh, knowing where you're going to go with the ball. Uh, knowing what the defense is lined up in and, and making the correct decision. Who's a quarterback you watch film on or model your game after? So I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. So I, I like Carson Wentz a lot. And I would say mm-hmm. I I try to model my game after Carson Wentz. I like the way he distributes the ball, um, as well as being able to extend plays with his athleticism. And I, and I just enjoy watching him and, and trying to be like him. And I think that He's shown that he's a great quarterback, and you know I think that he can lead them to another great season. Well, Reese, thanks for joining us. We we really appreciate it, and and good luck this season. All right, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So we've got another interview. We've got another guest on the line. It's Reed Blankenship, uh, the safety from Middle Tennessee State. Reed, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Um, obviously, there was. No off-season training for you guys, and I, I just wanted to find out how you've kept yourself in shape with uh, with not having spring practice and not being around the team. You know, you, you can do as much as you can without weights at home, but uh, our strength coaches did a really good job of actually sending us workouts each day. And uh, since I didn't have, you know, a full-out gym, I would, I would go – you know, a run in, I'd do as much run as I could and then do as much body weight stuff as I could until I got to come back, I guess, towards the end of March and start my rehab all over again. How has it been like being with the team again? I, I know that you guys started practice this, this past Monday. What is it like being around the guys again? It it feels so great to be back with them. You, you know, you 
we do this stuff, you know, year round. Like we don't think anything would happen, but something like this happens. We don't see each other a lot. You know, it's just like we're missing a family member, you know, that we haven't seen in, you know, 10 years, things like, but, uh, it's, it's just been great, you know, seeing all these guys' faces again. You know, everybody is hungry and, you know, they're tired of sitting around the house not knowing what to do. But uh, no, the guys I'm with right now, they're ready to go. Going back to high school, uh, what offers did you have out of high school? The big offers I had would, would be I had Minnesota, um, Illinois, Wake Forest, uh, Tulane, MT, obviously, Troy, and uh, UT Martin and a couple of other schools like that. But uh and what made you pick Middle Tennessee State? Honestly, when I came up here for a visit, it it felt a lot different than other schools I've been to. It felt more like a home feeling, and that's what I looked for. You know, I didn't care about the facilities, this and that. You know, I just wanted somewhere that I felt the most comfortable. And Coach Stock, he had a big part in it, and uh, he's he's a great man, and I'm I'm glad I got to play for him. What are your strengths, Reed? Like, what do you uh, what do you bring to the table? What are your main attributes? My my biggest strength on the field would be how vocal I am, and uh, I believe that being a very vocal guy in the back end of our defense really has an impact on everybody else because having a strong voice gives everybody else around me confidence to do their job, and you know, have they have confidence in me that I'm going to get my job done. What areas of your game are you trying to improve upon? Cr- critique yourself. What are you trying to get better at uh, for your in order to become a better player as a senior? Let's see. I would love to work on my technique as on man-to-man coverage. Um, that's been kind of my weakness throughout my career. Uh, I would also like to work on reading the quarterback a lot better. Um, I think I believe I can get there quicker to a position so I can put myself in a better spot to get more interceptions. So that's what I'm going to start working on in this offseason. What's the highlight of your career so far as you look back on it? You've been in a lot of big games. Just what comes to mind? Maybe it's a game, play, season. Uh, what's the highlight so far? I think some of the biggest highlights that I have would be, you know, earning the respect of my teammates around me and, you know, coming in as a freshman and starting from the bottom and coming up and, you know, being able to be a captain for our team, you know, just earning that respect from all my teammates, knowing that they can, you know, look to me on like situ- situations on and off the field. That that has been honestly the highlight of my career. How much pride do you take in being named a team captain, especially as a junior? You know, I, I take that, you know, thing on my chest as, you know, at the highest you can get, you know, and uh, it, like I said, like earning the respect for my teammates, you know, that I'll have their back, you know, if they have any problems, they can come to me. You know, I, I take pride in that. I take pride because we're, I think we're a big family. And, uh, you know, that just means the world to me to have, to be able to be a captain on the team. So you're going to be a team captain again this senior year as well, right? I mean, they're not going to take it away I'm, from you. I hope not, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> You've made a lot of plays on special teams throughout your career. How did you become a special teams demon? See, I just, you know, worked hard at it. Um, especially this past year, I, I told uh, on my coach on field goal block, you know, to put me on the edge. I can I can guarantee you that I can get a, some field goal blocks. And sure enough, I got some blocks out that. And I just, you know, go full speed. Even if it, they score, you know, anything can happen. You can block a field goal. You can change the game in that aspect. So I think special teams is, you know, a big part 
plays a big part in uh, the game. How about that off-season surgery that you had to come back before your junior year? Can you tell me about that? I can. Um, it was. It took a big mental uh, toll on my, you know, my body. You know, I, when I went down, you know, especially being a captain, and uh, I, I take pride in that, saying that I want to be with my teammates on the field. Like it, it just killed me. Just being on the sidelines or being up in the box and just watching everybody, you know, play. It just it killed me. But uh, I had a lot of people that surrounded me with positive thoughts, and uh, they they helped me get through it. So, are you making a recovery again? Are you coming back from another injury? You mentioned that um, you know you're you're doing some uh, rehab out there. Uh, what's this injury that you've been dealing with? It's, it's still the injury I had in the off season. I'm still doing rehab. We're working more on balancing and strengthening it even more. So it's. I'm still in the treatment room, you know. I, I'm still I'm 100%, but uh, I'm still working on my balancing with it. I know you mentioned that Coach Stockstill was a major reason why you came to uh, Middle Tennessee State. He's entering his 15th season, I believe. You don't see that mm -hmm. longevity anymore in in the college ranks. Forget about the pro ranks. Uh, what have you learned mm -hmm. from him the the most? What's the biggest lesson that he has taught you? The biggest lesson he's taught me is commitment to, you know, a team, to his players. And I could see that when I committed here that he wasn't going to let me down. And if I had any problems, I could come to him. But uh, the biggest thing is respect and the commitment he had to everybody that he surrounds himself with. What's the key to playing safety? The key to playing safety would be, you know, you got to be versatile. You got to be able to play in the box. You got to be able to play in coverage. But uh, most importantly, you got to be able to be vocal and get everybody else lined up and uh you know i take pride in that i i try to be as vocal as i can on the field and if people have any situations they can come ask me and i can you know try to figure it out we'll come up with a plan this and that but i think the key to, this, to being a safety is you know being tough being able to be versatile and uh being very vocal is there a safety you model your game after or watch film on like a tyrone matthew or someone like that Honestly, like Harrison Smith, what he plays. Like, like I said, he like to be versatile. He's very versatile. He can play in the box and playing coverage. He's all over the field. But uh, you know, I really admire how he plays, and hopefully, I can you know be able to play like him someday. Uh, what positions did you play in high school, Reed? When you were coming out, uh, did you always play defensive back? Did you always play safety? I played my freshman year in high school. I played cornerback and receiver, and then. Going into my sophomore year, they put me at quarterback. So I played quarterback, wide receiver, and they moved me to safety. So after my sophomore year, I was playing those three positions. All right, so you've been a quarterback in high school. You you weren't a backup. You were a starter, right? Yes, sir. I was. All right, so you, you've got that experience reading the quarterback's eyes. I mean, you know what they're doing out there since you've been in that position. Right, yeah. That, that's what helped me a lot, I think, uh, transitioning – from high school to college, you know, knowing what a quarterback wants to do, you know, that's helped me a lot in the backfield and safety. Uh, Reed, I'm curious. I always want to get a head start. Can you give us a couple of more players on your team to keep an eye on this season? DQ Thomas, he's going to be a will for us. He he played last year as a Sam, the year before that, too. He's a solid linebacker. You know, I love him to death. Also, Jordan Ferguson, he's one of our D linemen. He went down right before our first game last year to MCL tear. But uh, he 
he came in with me as a freshman and he's he had a huge impact but uh you'll be hearing them two uh names a lot uh, on offense you're going to hear dj chisholm he's one of our faster guys zach dobson he's going to be one of our slot guys slot receiver guys but uh we're we got a lot of weapons around so i'm, I'm excited for that i'm sure as a senior you want to go out on top you you want to win more games so what are the team's expectations for this upcoming season? Obviously, our expectations would be to, uh, you know, win the conference. I think our experience has, you know, grown stronger from last year to this year. We Our offense is a little, a real, little younger on the offensive side last year. But uh, since we've got some experience on the offensive side, we've got some older heads on the defensive side. We're, I think we're going to be a pretty solid team this year. Uh, Reed, thanks for joining us. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, this was Blitzcast number 113. Thank you for listening. Take care.